Welcome back to another episode of Life in the Urban City podcast. I'm your host, Paul Hudak, and I just want to remind everyone the purpose and the reason why we do these podcasts is to share the students' stories and remind students of other students who share similar things that they go through, as well as get adult mentors better educated in how to mentor students that they work with. Today, I'm joined with Eric Vasquez and Chris, um, which is another crazy story out there. I can't wait for you guys to hear his story. And so I'm just going to pass it over to Eric to introduce us and get us started to hear and better get to know Chris. What's up, Chris, man? Thank you for coming in. You're welcome, man. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for letting me come in. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we want, we've kind of been starting this second round with all of the students who have come in and been so generous to share their stories with like, hey, what was your Justice for Youth story? How did you get connected to us? And yours is unique because, you know, you weren't in that traditional way necessarily. Um, so I'm eager for everybody to kind of hear. But what, what's your Justice for Youth story, man? Um, so actually, it started at Pomona High. Um, that's when I first met you and your father, actually, man. Uh, I was doing bad in school. Didn't really give a fuck about school, you know? Like, it was just something I didn't care about. So it was like whatever to me. I guess my grades, they dropped all Fs. And that's when they brought you, man. They was like, yo, we got Eric here, you know? Yeah. He can help you out. So I was like, for sure. Ended up meeting up with you one day. You were a cool person, man. I actually enjoyed it. You were like, yo, let's get our work done. After this, we'll spit a couple of flows. I was like, for sure, you know, I got really interested in it. And that was it, man. It just moved on from there. What's crazy is, though, you didn't come to school for a long time after I first met you. Yeah, yeah. Years passed. And then do you remember how we reconnected? Um, I believe it was at Park West. I believe it was at Park West. Yeah. Uh, I stopped going to school for a couple of years, and then I was just like, you know what, why not? I'll try it out again, so I started going to Park West. And I ran into you again, man, and yeah. it was, that was it. It was just like the pinnacle of everything, man. Yeah, and then started. since then, we've pretty much stayed yeah. connected. But I think there was like a two-year gap. But it was interesting because I was mentoring other students that were your homies from the same neighborhood, and he kind of lived on the same block, and yeah. we kind of mutually would always talk with each other. So why don't you share a little bit about kind of your upbringing, your life, what were, you know, what were those years like for you? I know you haven't always had it easy, man. Yeah, yeah, um, Life wasn't the greatest, you know? There was things that was going on in my life that people didn't know about, or things that I just didn't want to tell people. But then over time, you know, I just started opening up to more people. Um, actually, one thing that was really like impacted me in my life during those years, you know, was, like my dad passed away. So I was like, damn, you know, my dad passed away. And like I was depending on him too much at the moment. So when he did pass away, it was like I had nothing to go to, you know, like I didn't even have myself to run to. Like, and it was just hard for me, man, you know, like. And How old were you when he had passed? I was 16, man, 16. And then do you mind me asking how, how he passed? Uh, in a car crash, actually. He was going up towards Atalanto, and he just got in a car crash. I can't, like, I don't really know the details, but I just know he got in a car crash. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, and after that, I know life got really hard. Yeah. And I know this was big for you to come and, and even be open to talk about this, but I know you, you really even struggled to the point where you didn't even have a place to lay your head. Do you mind kind of sharing a, lot, a little bit about, like, what that season of life was like? I mean, it was just preposterous, man. Like, you know, I had those good times and I had those bad times, but either way, like, even if I had a good day at the end of the day, like, I knew I was having a shitty day because I didn't have a roof over my head. You know, I barely had food, I barely had clothes. So it was just like, for me to be in that position, I was just like, damn, you know, like, I'm really in this position and I have no way to get out of it. Like, I'm just stuck in this loop. 
and I've been trying to get out of it so long, but it's just, it's not easy, man. Yeah. Now, I've been mentoring youngsters for like 15 years, and this is not the first time that I've worked with somebody like you who's like kind of just been going through that same struggle. And I see a lot of mentors in um, those kinds of relationships, they tend to feel confused, lost as to how do I still mentor a student if I can't even see him at school or I don't even know where he's at in the city. He could be at any part of the city, yeah, you know, because yeah. you would bounce around. And back then you had a bike. Now you got a bike again. Thanks but, to you. <laughs> but, you know, you would be bouncing around and like you would be here, you wouldn't be here. It was hard to find you. But uh, what would you kind of recommend to a mentor like me who cares about students like you who are in those situations? How can we better mentor somebody like you who's homeless, who's struggling for their next meal, who school isn't your first priority? Like, man, yeah, what would you um, say? I don't know, man. I just like you, me being around you, you know, like it's just I feel better. I feel like. I'm not better than everybody you could say, you know, but I just feel like I'm in a better place. Like when I'm just kicking it on the block or like, you know, like just chilling somewhere, I'm just like, all right, you know, it's me. Like, I don't know what to do. But when I'm with you guys, you know, like I actually feel good. You know, I feel like I'm productive. Like I can do things, go apply to jobs, you know, have meetings with you, you know, just like speak my mind, actually talk to someone. So, I mean, just bringing me around is more than enough, you know, man, like bringing me around is like just opening my eyes enough to be like, you know what, like I gotta start doing this because if not, ain't no one else gonna do it for me, man. I'm just gonna be stuck in this loop. Yeah, and going back to also just being resourceful as a mentor is like knowing where we could kick you down with a little bit of clothes and some dope fresh shoes or yeah. where we can get you connected for that fresh cut, you know, on the house or, you know, having a space like, you know, we were really, we're grateful to have this space where students could come in and we have a fridge and you can grab a bite to eat when maybe you haven't eaten in a few days, right? Yeah. And all that stuff matters, right? Makes a difference. Of course it does, man. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Well, help us kind of land the plane here. And, uh, you know, we really are trying to accelerate mentors' learning and helping them be better mentors to students in the urban context. What other things would you recommend for some of the mentors? Um, in addition to like bringing you around, right? Yeah. That would help us better serve somebody like you. Just stay in contact with them, man. Like, I don't know, I lost contact with you for a while. And then when I did, I was just like, I was really in the worst position of my life, you know? Like I was going through so much, you know, doing drugs, marijuana, drinking, like you name it, I was there, man. Like I was using that, you know? But when I was like around you guys, it was just like, I didn't need none of that. Like. You guys were my high, man, you know? Like, you guys had me feeling like I was the greatest person alive, man, you know? Like, I don't know. So I really just like, just like I said, man, just keeping me around was more than enough. Staying in contact, yeah, steady you know, contact. Like, hit me up, I hit you up, you know? As long as we're contacting each other, then that's fine. Yeah, and Paul's unique here, and I want to yeah, bring yeah, him yeah, into yeah. the conversation, because like, I'm completely different than Paul, but you and Paul have a special relationship. Yeah, and I was like, as you're talking, like for me, the biggest thing I always remember is um, like knowing your story. And there's this psychologist named Maslow. He had this law of hierarchy of needs, where it's like the most basic need that every human needs to survive is food, water, shelter, clothing. And like for you, at times, your most basic needs aren't being provided for. So knowing as a mentor, like I can't always get mad and frustrated at you because like I know if only he got a job, he'll be able to do this, this, and this. But it's like 
he can't get a job because your psychological needs aren't being provided for. And I think with my relationship with you at first, like, oh yeah, you know, I love Chris, I want to do this with Chris, but like, I wouldn't want to bang my head against the wall because like, man, I know Chris just needs this. Yeah. But when I, when I got a better understanding of your story, what you think about on a daily basis, um, that, that helped me out and understand you a lot better. And it's like, you know, I can't get mad at you. I can only understand you. Um, and I think for me, um, it's just like continue the same thing what Eric said, be consistent, talking to you. Yeah. Um, you know, when you come in, it's like, all right, you know what? I can put my work aside for 10, 15 minutes because what's more important, the same thing I'm gonna be doing tomorrow or spending time with Chris and like, you know, making sure you get food, getting water, playing a little ping pong, you know, changing yeah, it up, yeah, right? Yeah, Cause yeah, like, the, it's, it's nice to feel normal, right? So I, I guess the question I kinda wanna get to is, um, with me being different than Eric, um, different personality, different way of acting, um, what what makes it nice to have different mentors in your life with different perspective, different ways of conversing with you? What do you enjoy about it? What do you like? What what about that that whole perspective and that that style? I mean, what don't I enjoy about it, man? Like you guys are here for me for the most part, so that's more than anything, you know. Like that's more than anybody should do. If you hear from me, and then like I appreciate it, you know, because not a lot of people are willing to just stick around. That's why I'm glad I got you and Eric, man, because you guys are consistent, you know. You guys make sure I'm cool. You guys always hit me up like, yo, I'm at the office, you know, like you need something to snack on, come through. You need somewhere to chill, just lay down for an hour. I got you, you know. Yeah. Okay. Like, not everybody does that. Not everybody's just open-minded. They're like, yo, you know, you can come through, eat, and, you know, go to sleep. Like, not everybody does that. Not even a lot of my own homies do that, you know? Like, and I know they got it like that. So it's just like... Do you feel that at times you might have burned out some of your homie connections because of your whole process that you've been in? Like, you know, consistent, you know, it's not, not six months of homelessness, but it's been a couple of years. Um, do you feel that you might have burned out some of your connections or what? I mean, not really just burn out. It's just like... Eventually everybody moves on to their own thing, you know, like if you ain't on the same boat as them then hey, you know, you gotta go. Like they're worrying about them and their families and you worrying about yourself, man. Like they gotta worry about themselves at the end of the day and you gotta worry about yourself at the end of the day, man. So it's not really just burning, it's just like we just both see eye to eye and we're like, you know what, like I'm doing this and you're doing that and I just don't think it's good, you know, like. Hmm. Okay, definitely. You have one last question? Yeah, I want to maybe end it on a cool, fun note. Is like we've had some cool uh, memories. Yeah, yeah. We've done some some cool stuff together. But I want to ask, what is your fondest memory with Justice for Youth? Um, actually, man, when we went to the manhood camp, it was it was pretty cool. You know, like it might have not been that long, but just to kick it with you guys at night, you know, camping, like being able to speak my mind and say whatever I want to say without being judged, you know, like that's more than enough, man. Yeah, yeah, so for anybody that's listening, we did our own manhood camp. Uh, one of our greater networks, UYWI, hosts one, but we piloted one here in the city for the first time. And uh, we did it here locally. And we really just wanted it to be a getaway where we could spend intimate time with um, identified students who we knew, knew needed a lot of support. So we would recommend for mentors to build, create, and execute on specific events like manhood to address some of the specific needs that your students are going through. And I'm gonna oust you a little bit. On that trip, you slept about 14 hours? Yeah, 14, 15 hours. 14, yeah, 15 hours, but you felt safe. We were in a tent, you had a uh, cot. Yeah. You were in, it was like a five-star hotel to you, yeah, right? Man. <laughs> yeah, man. 
so yeah. you know I'm, I'm happy that that was one of your fondest memories so thank you man for being here i know i want to end by saying like i'm so proud of you dog like i really mean that and i know as i tell many of my other students but i mean it with you is like you got the future at your fingertips and this won't last forever you're gonna make it through dude and i know that you have the strength and resilience to do so and you don't have to do it alone man so thank you thank you man i really appreciate yeah, yeah. it yeah, just again, I want to thank you. Thank you, Chris, for coming and sharing your story. Thank you, uh, students or mentors who are listening, young adults, adults who are listening to this podcast or watching this podcast. Um, I just want to thank you. And I just want to wrap up with a couple key takeaways. Again, just being consistent with the student's life is number one. And two, like knowing their story, know what's going on, know the psychological um, things that they're going through, the struggles that they might be having. And just, you know, know that who knows you might not be the best voice you know get another mentor in there to help you out and you know you can't just be the one carrying the weight of the world for the student be willing to pass them off know your local resources where you could kick them down food where you could kick them water and you know sometimes it might be best to just put your work aside for 10-15 minutes and let kids be kids and relate with them so I just hope you take something away from this conversation with Chris and the homelessness and the struggle that he had to go through. Can't wait to hear from you guys, and we'll see you guys next time. I'm Christopher Cato. This is Eric Vasquez, Paul Hudak. This is Jay is for you, and we'll see you later. <laughs>